On today's podcast, I'm summarizing the book by Abraham Maslow called Motivation and Personality, where we're diving deep into self-actualization and we're uncovering how that is actually a need. And if you feel unfulfilled in your life, perhaps it's because you're not fulfilling that self-actualizing need, that burning desire in you that makes you work on your strengths to achieve something in your life that makes you contribute to the human race around you. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Everything is About Your Health, the podcast. I'm your host, Nichelle Thompson, manual osteopath, acute and chronic pain specialist, and owner of Heat Therapy, holistically elite alignment therapy. I'm interested in all things health, and this podcast will speak about all the realms of well-being, the physical, intellectual, emotional, social, spiritual, vocational, financial, and environmental to help you live a healthier life one simple tip at a time. Help me help you live better. The book Motivation and Personality by Abraham Maslow. In school, we've all learned about the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. This guy was the one that created that pyramid that basically starts with basic needs and how once those needs are met, you keep expanding into other areas in your life. So the basic needs are your physiological needs and your safety needs. So this is like, you know, getting enough oxygen and food and having a safe place to stay and sleep at night. Then it moves on to belonging and love and self-esteem and cognitive satisfaction and the aesthetic. And what we're going to be focusing on primarily in this podcast today is self-actualization. So Abraham Maslow states, what we can be, we must be. This is also known as self-actualization. What we can be, we must be. This is basically the drive we have within us that allows us to fully express ourselves and who we're supposed to or meant to be. Essentially, self-actualization is a legitimate need. So it's not like you can really skip this and just think you never have to satisfy that part of you. Just like your physiological needs, the needs to feel safe, the needs to feel like you belong and that you're loved and the needs to feel like you have self-esteem and you have cognitive capabilities, you need to have self-actualization. At any moment, we can step forward into growth or we can step back into safety. Now, think of this from a numbers point of view and there is a chart. So there's zero in the middle and there's plus one, plus two, plus three, plus four. Or if we step back, that's negative one, negative two, negative three, negative four, negative five, etc. So the thing is, and I'll repeat that again, at any given moment, we can step forward into growth or we can step back into safety. So if you choose to step back, you're actually, because you're now, you started at zero, but if you choose to step back, you're now a negative one, but you should have been a plus one. So that's actually zero plus one. So that's actually two steps back. If you take another step back and now you're at negative two, but you should be a plus two, you now have to go back to negative one, zero, one, two. So you're actually four steps back. So essentially what you want to do is you want to close the gap of what you are capable of versus what you are actually doing, right? We all know what we should be doing, but whether or not we actually do it is a completely different story. 
And the thing is in this gap between when we decide to take steps back or if we decide to take steps forward, the more we take steps back and we choose to just stay in our safety, otherwise known as our comfort zone, this is where anxiety, regret, guilt, depression, stress, all that exists. So when you step forward, you actually start to feel good because you know you're trading temporary gratification from staying in that safe zone for long-term satisfaction, but pushing yourself into what your future self will thank you for doing. So how do you do this? Well, one of the best ways to do that is to set small goals for yourself and actually accomplish them. The more you accomplish them, the more your self-esteem goes up, the more your self-respect goes up. And it just is a snowball effect and you really start to feel better about yourself. So examples of this can just be make your bed in the morning, pack a lunch, drink the amount of water you know you should drink per day. These are simple, positive little habits that you can incorporate, but when you actually follow through with them, it makes a huge difference because you start to feel that you can rely on yourself. Now, here's the thing. No one is perfect. Rumi, another great philosopher, says there is nothing worse in terms of sickness for the soul than the pretense of perfection. That's a fancy way of saying this belief that we're going to be perfect or trying to pretend to be perfect is absolutely absurd. And I think how personally I get over this is not judging myself. Because the thing is, when you have all these things on the goal, if you have all the goals in the world, like life happens at the end of the day and you have to be able to roll the punches and be flexible and just try to navigate yourself through this storm of life as best as possible. And you have to realize that yes, you will drop the ball sometimes. But here's the other thing. Dropping the ball doesn't necessarily mean You have to work on those weaknesses where you drop the ball. Maybe dropping the ball is a blessing in disguise because you realize maybe you're not very good at that skill and you need to hone in and focus on more of what you're good at. And here's where self-awareness becomes very important because maybe you're not the best reader in the world. Maybe you're not the best writer. Maybe you aren't the best singer. Maybe you aren't the best songwriter. Maybe you aren't whatever fill in the blank, right? So you have to basically work on your strengths so much so that your weaknesses don't even matter. Because here's the thing, working on your weaknesses is the quickest way to become average. I'm going to say that again. Working on your weaknesses is the quickest way to become average. And that's because instead of honing in on your strengths... And making your strengths so strong that your weaknesses doesn't matter. You're trying to work on your weaknesses and therefore not working on your strengths as much, which is your unique gift that is different compared to uh, most others or other people. And because you're spending more time working on your weaknesses, you're actually becoming average. When I first learned that, that was a huge game changer for me. It was a very aha moment. And of course, there's certain exceptions to that rule. You know, you want to have the basics down, like being able to communicate, being able to write, being able to speak, being able to read. Those are important aspects of just communication. When if you can do all those things effectively, then you become a very deadly, very um, competent person. But outside of that, 
you can delegate things to be done. So that's why self-awareness is so important. Another thing that is common between self-actualizing people is they tend to be very grateful. Now, I made a post um, a couple days back that basically said the best way to help protect your mind from negativity is to coat your brain with positivity. And the best way to do that is with being grateful. And everybody can be grateful with some, for something. Heck, even breathing oxygen into your lungs and the fact that your lungs can work is a huge blessing. You know, there's a, a funny um, comedy where the comedian was mentioning it should be illegal to complain on a plane because of how amazing that is. You're in the plane, flying in the air, saving time, traveling 500 kilometers an hour faster. And it's just unbelievable that that would even be happening. And the fact you get to experience that is, is unbelievable. Or, you know, even when you're sitting in a car in traffic and, and complaining about the traffic, well, you know, not too long ago, we were in horse and buggy. And the thought of even owning a car, let alone even seeing a car, was science fiction basically right it just wasn't happening so we have to really be grateful for what we have because the other irony is you know for the most part things in our life are going pretty well but yet we're still not happy to a certain extent and I think it's just because we're not stopping to smell the roses and actually just counting our blessings that we do have So there's 19 characteristics that Maslow, Abraham Maslow goes over that I want to hone in on a little bit more into the specifics. So we're going to start at one and go all the way through 19, just quickly summarizing, just because this gets into the personality parts of people who are, you know, motivated and get things done. So the perception of reality. So these individuals tend to have superior relationships with reality and are generally unthreatened and unfrightened by the unknown. In fact, they accept it. They are comfortable with it, and often they are even more attracted by it than the known. They not only tolerate the ambiguous and unstructured, they like it. And that's because... So after every time I read this, I'm just going to give my little bit of a twist on it, of what, what I think and what I perceive based on what I know and, and etc., The reason that is, is because when you are in experiences like that, that means you're no longer in your comfort zone and that means you're going to grow. That's a sign of growth, which is huge because if you have a goal to be a certain person in the future or you have a goal to achieve something, you will change as a person. Otherwise, you would already be there, just if that makes sense. Number two is acceptance. Uh, I've been reading a lot about this in Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth book right now. So acceptance, even the normal member of a culture feels unnecessarily guilty or ashamed about too many things and has anxiety in too many situations. Our healthy individuals find it impossible to accept themselves and their own nature without um, complaint or for that matter, without even thinking about that matter as much. So essentially, acceptance isn't necessarily being happy about changing your flat tire in the pouring rain but you can accept the situation the other difficulty is we think things in life situations people experiences are going to make us happy 
But that's not the case. If you think that, then you're going to set yourself up for disappointment and unhappiness. Because the fact of the matter is, it's our present, being present in the moment and accepting the moment for as it is, that is what creates happiness. Three is spontaneity. The behavior of a self-actualizing individual is marked by the simplicity and naturalness and by lack of artificially or straining for effect. So essentially, sometimes you need to roll the punches and not everything in life is going to be perfect. You're going to have bumps in the road and sometimes you just have to look at those as opportunities, not obstacles, because If you have a goal of where you want to be, how you get there doesn't really matter. And sometimes when you're just going through things and you're you're focused on one thing, sometimes things may seem like a negative experience. But in actuality, it's a blessing in disguise that will lead you to the person or place that you needed to be that would make you better suited for that goal that you have. Four is problem centering. Self-actualizers customarily have some sort of mission in life, right? And I think that brings us back to that self-awareness where you know what your strengths are and you know how you want to contribute to the world and you are honing in on that. Five is solitude. Self-actualizing individuals positively like solitude and privacy to be definitely a greater or definitely to be a greater degree than the average person. And solitude for those who don't know is being so being by yourself, but being content with that and growing and learning about yourself. That is solitude. Six is autonomy. They have become strong enough to be independent of the good opinion of other people or even in their own affection. The honors, the status, the rewards, the popularity, the prestige, and the love they can bestow upon others is becoming less important when you are coming into self-actualization because you value self-development and inner growth at way higher regard. Seven is fresh appreciation. So self-actualization people have the wonderful capacity to appreciate again and again, freshly and naively, the basic goods of life, the awe, the pleasure, the wonder, and even ecstasy. However, still these experiences may become to others. But see, that's the thing. Life is about perception. And I shared this at the Miss North Ontario pageant workshop that I did this year for the girls. And I shared the story about the two bricklayers. And the first bricklayer says, I have the worst job in the world. I slave away all day, breaking my back, cutting up my hands. You guys better be happy about all this work I'm doing for you because it's not easy work. And bricklayer number two, this happy-go-lucky guy says, I'm so lucky. I have the best job in the world. I get to wake up in the morning and hear the birds chirp and watch the sunrise. And I participate in building amazing architecture that will last for generations and generations for come and for them to enjoy. I get to be a part of that. I have the best job in the world. And that is just a perception change. 
When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Number eight is peak experiences. It's It's been called flow or being in the zone, whatever you want to call it. Self-actualizers tend to experience it more often than average. Personally, I can speak to this. I get into a flow or in the zone every day when I'm working. That's why for me, and I'm very self-aware that for me, taking breaks is not something that is necessary because that actually breaks my flow or breaks me from being in the zone. And it doesn't make me as effective for my clients. However, most people can't work for more than two to three hours straight blocks of continual concentration. Um, But I have been like this my whole life. So again, right, that self-awareness is is a huge, huge thing. So really find a way how to be in your flow or in the zone and be honest with yourself of how much you can sustain that at one time and doing positive things like going for a walk or just playing with your kids, doing something other than just scrolling on social media or checking emails is a great way to also recover from that to get back into your flow. Number nine is human kinship. Self-actualizing people have a deep feeling of identification, sympathy, and affection for human beings in general. They feel kinship and connection as if all people were members of a single family. Self-actualizing individuals have a genuine desire to help the human race. And this is what I was kind of mentioning before. Be self-aware enough to understand what your strengths are and then use those strengths to figure out how you can contribute to the world. Because once you do that, you're going to be, um, you know, helping others, helping the human race, which is a huge part of self-actualization. Number 10, so we're about halfway there. Humility and respect. All of Maslow's subjects may be said to be democratic people in, in the deep sense. They can be friendly with anyone of suitable character, regardless of class, education, political beliefs, race, or color. As a matter of fact, it is often seen as if they're not aware of these differences, which for the average person is so obvious and so important. 11 is interpersonal relationships. Self-actualizing people have these especially deep ties with rather few individuals. Their circle of friends is rather small. The ones that they love profoundly are few in numbers. And the reason that is, is because, and this is what I theorize, because I have very few, but very close friends. And relationships take effort to maintain and nurture and if you have a hundred friends can you really honestly say you can spend time to fully nurture and grow these relationships when in fact wouldn't you say it'd be more possible and more I don't want to say more better, (laughs) bad grammar, but more effective and better in your interest to focus on a few close friends or family members and really making sure to develop those relationships. Because when you are really close with someone, you know, you can get insight and ideas that you maybe never would have thought before just simply because these people are different individuals and 
when they know you, they can also give you insight that other people wouldn't because they just don't know you the same. So it's really good to be able to bounce off of ideas with these types of friends and people in your life. 12 is ethics. They do right and do not do wrong. Needless to say, their motives and notions of right and wrong and of good and evil are often not the controversial ones. 13 means and ends. They are fixed on ends rather than means, and means are quite definitely subordinate to these ends. 14 humor. They do, not cons- um, they do not consider funny what the average person considers to be funny. <laughs> Thus, they do not laugh at hostile humor, making people laugh by hurting someone, for example, or superiority humor, which is laughing at someone else's inferiority, or authority rebellion humor, the unfunny or smutty joke, right? Um, you know, sometimes when people have those tendencies, it's because they don't feel very great about themselves. They have low self-esteem and to put other people down, it makes them feel better. When you're uh, transitioning into self-actualizing and you're becoming a self-actualizer, you're so above that and your frequency is so high that those types of jokes, well, you're so above them anyways, it doesn't make you feel good. And why would it make you feel good to put somebody else down? in the first place. 15 is creativity. This is a universal characteristic of all people studies or observed. There is no exception. And creativity is what gives light to discovering yourself honestly and having that almost curiosity like a child right? The curiosity to discover new things every day or talk to new people or explore different options or try that musical instrument you always said you're going to try or, or, or just do things just, and we, we have that in us too, right? And that's part of the reason why perhaps we feel sometimes that we're missing out on certain things. As a kid, you have that drive to keep walking and try to walk even though you fell on your butt a million times it's not like you just gave up you kept trying and trying and trying and trying and you came up with ways to make it possible you're very creative you just figured out ways if one thing didn't work you kept trying different options until it stuck and because the thing is you don't miss something unless you've experienced it before so if you yourself feel like you're lacking motivation Perhaps it's because you're not fulfilling that creative side that is just in you. Food for thought. A 16 is resistance to and culturalization. Of all of them, it may be said that in a certain profound and meaningful sense, they resist enculturation and maintain a certain inner detachment from the culture in which they are immersed. I think a great way to do this is to travel because when you travel, you're exposed to all sorts of different types of cultures and it can be very humbling because it's very interesting how us humans think that our way is the right way and sometimes we'll try to make people conform to our ways 
just because we have this bias to think, well, if that's the way we do things, then it must be that way. And it's so funny how we do this and how we think our way is better than somebody else's way. But the more you travel, I think the more you realize how different cultures everybody is or or how many different cultures there are out there rather. And when you learn more about that, it opens up your perspective to a lot more than just your way. And as a result, you become very humbled. And I think that's a huge blessing to experience. 17 is imperfections. Actualizers show many of the lesser human failings. They too are equipped with silly, wasteful, or thoughtless habits. They can be boring, stubborn, irritating. They are by no means free from rather superficial vanity, pride, partially to their own productions, family, friends, and children. Temper outbursts are not rare. So again, I dived into that specifically because I felt that was very important to go into because when we start our self-improvement journeys, I find we give ourselves a hard time about when we slip up a little bit and we just try to be this unachievable, perfect human being. And at the end of the day, you're not. You are a human being. (laughs) And I think it's definitely worth it to try as best you can but within reason, knowing that balance is required. And with all the work that you do and all the work and effort that you put in, you also have to give yourself that time to rest. You know, there's this idea that it's not that you're doing too much, it's that you're not resting enough. And yes, even though you want to try to take all these steps forward, sometimes just staying there and not taking a step back, just staying there and giving yourself a chance to rest can do yourself more good and be more productive than any other amount of work would be. 18 is values. A firm foundation for a value system is automatically furnished to self-actualizers by their philosophical acceptance of nature, of self, of human nature, of much of social life, and of nature and physical reality. And finally, 19, resolutions. I hope I'm going to say this word right, dictummies. The dictomy between selfishness and unselfishness appears altogether in healthy people because in principle, every act is both selfish and unselfish. I hope you guys enjoyed the summary of the book Motivation Personality by Abraham Maslow. If you have any questions for me, I always leave my email in the comments below. And don't forget to share this podcast with somebody else if you found this valuable. Valuable. (laughs) Thanks and have a great day. And that's a wrap for this episode. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast if you found it to be educational and know someone who would benefit. This is Nichelle Thompson on Everything is About Your Health, the podcast.